I'm Kevin Bachman. On this episode of Background Check Radio, I'm going to talk about the recent acquisition announcement that's all the rage and why the decisions you'll make say a lot about the future profitability of your business. Stick around. So today I want to talk about Equifax acquiring Apris, but this isn't an Apris good, Equifax bad, Equifax good, Apris bad kind of podcast. I have no desire to engage in speculating about how the future of everything shakes out sitting here three days after an announcement. But I do want to use this acquisition to talk about how and why it's important to apply a framework to the decisions we make when choosing our partners, the decisions you have to make about whether to continue to use this partner, for example, that you were talking about specifically, uh, what to care about, what not to care about, and how these decisions can have a material impact on your company. But first, a word from today's sponsor, NetForce Global. One of the most challenging aspects of international screening is understanding the specific country requirements. After all, who among us knows the Bulgarian search requirements before a client orders a Bulgarian criminal search? Well, NetForce Global does. And they proactively provide the required information and documents for Bulgaria and about 240 other countries on their easy-to-use platform. Their research shows searches can run an average five days faster when you avoid common mistakes. No more chasing down information from partners who may not be sure of it themselves. And with a leadership team that's done stints with CRAs, data providers, and vendors, they're intimately aware of what each stakeholder needs at each step of the process. NetForce Global, the smart choice. Back to today's episode. So I, I mentioned before that this acquisition is a good prism to view what I consider to be one of the most strategic decisions a company can make with whom to partner, how to partner, and how to leverage relationships in mutually beneficial ways, ways that drive everyone closer to our operational and financial goals. So I wanted to use this acquisition to, to dive into the criteria, the things I think you should consider, and, and really what you should not consider when selecting your vendors. Now, we'll also talk about this deal today, but I, I, want to I want to expand the scope of that topic and not just give you 10 minutes of industry rumor that doesn't really apply to you or your business. You know, I, I don't want to give you a sugar high of gossip here, take up part of your day without giving you a lot of value in return. So I, I wanted to frame this deal around what I see as, as that correct set of procedures, the criteria you should use to make these highly strategic decisions that the partners we use, the friends we rely on, they have significant and long-lasting impact on how we build, operate, and yes, profit within our company. So here are the things, here's what I think should be considered when establishing these relationships. I think of three things and I'll walk through each of them. The three are trust, product, and support. First, trust. Is this relationship going to hurt me down the road? Well, that's a no-brainer, Kevin, right? Uh, but a, a question I, I often get is how to handle potential or actual conflicts of interest when it comes to doing business with larger companies that may have other divisions that that may or at some point in the future will compete against you. You know, is, is there a conflict here where my relationship today can be used against me tomorrow? In most cases... I don't think who owns who and whether to buy, even though they operate a competing division within that company, I, I, I got to be honest, I don't think it matters that much. 
the world is too big and collectively, individually, we are too small to be harmed in most situations. But I, I know I'm in the minority here. However, in 20 years in this space, I've only seen shops get burned a handful of times. And, and as rare as it is, I've seen even fewer that were intentional. I'm talking, I'm your vendor, and now I know your client list. I'm going to use your client list and sell directly to your clients and cut you out entirely. The last one I saw was about 12, 18 months ago, and, and, and that vendor went in my black book. So yeah, 20 years in for me, there's like three, four names on, on that list, and that's it. It, in actuality, the opposite is more likely to be true. A bend-over-backwards approach to create a brick wall to avoid conflicts of interest. I, I recently talked with one company that, that fits that example. The lengths they go to avoid even perceived conflicts are significant but necessary. The business model doesn't work if there isn't trust on all sides. So as I apply it to this deal, if I bought from Innovative and nothing changed when Appris bought them, well, what's my logic for bouncing? If I love SecureTech and nothing changed when Appris bought them, what's my logic for leaving? And and if I've been buying previously SecureTech and Innovative stuff, but now I'm just writing the checks to Appris, do I have a feeling, do I have a reason to feel differently now that I'm writing that same check to Equifax? Let, let's put a pin on that because I want to come back to that in a minute. Okay, on to number two. It's product. Well, that's another no-duh moment, right, Kev? Come on, here's what I mean. It, it's it's not about accuracy and uptime. You know, those obviously, they're extremely important things, but I think that's table stakes in 2021. I think we're there. Where, where I see the biggest gaps in screening programs, both what employers ask for and what CRAs offer, revolves around depth, scope, models of fulfillment, and just a general lack of transparency and information around it. But I don't think it's intentional. And by the way, this isn't a podcast where I'm going to go through at length walking through these different models and the pros and cons of each. I, I do half-day sessions with CRAs, taking them through those considerations, aligning cost, revenue, compliance requirements, but but that's not here. Here, what I'm saying is, I just need to know. And, and I think you need to know. Now, you, you'd also be surprised how many shops can't answer those questions. Now, it's always a judgment-free zone here working with me, I promise, but... I, I am less and less surprised when a CRA can't articulate the details of the product they're buying. I need to know that when making my vendor selections and by and large, I don't think we dig deep enough when we establish those relationships. I think it's an opportunity there. Now, before we move on to number three, let's take a break for a moment and talk again about today's sponsor, NetForce Global. NetForce Global's expertise providing easy-to-use inter international screening solutions is well-known, but its global compliance expertise is what really makes it a winning partner. As privacy regulations such as GDPR gain more traction around the world, it's harder for CRAs to understand how to advise their clients. NetForce Global provides the education and support to their CRA clients to help them understand these complex requirements and how they impact end users. And with a support team that provides transparent, real-time updates on pending searches, CRAs are better positioned to apprise their clients with real-time information, not just the dreaded in-process update. NetForce Global, the smart choice. Okay, on to number three, support. We all know in this business, it's not the 98% that gets you hired or fired as a vendor. It's the 2% that either saves you the account or loses the account. In these cases, support is vital. 
I need to know not if but when there's a five alarm fire with an end user or a consumer, I can get access, I can get information, I can get resolution. Because then I need to turn around, sometimes hat in hand, and try to persuade someone else that our course of action was either the correct one or you have to have that mea culpa moment. But everything can be overcome. But man, do you start deep in your own end of the field if you can't get accurate information quickly. Hat in hand today or tomorrow is one thing. You can survive that. But if you gotta, if you got to fall on a sword and that issue lingers into next week, forget about it. So I have to know at the onset of a relationship that I have a strong support network. I have that pull in case of emergency contact, that solution. I need to know that's in place for when I need it most. So those are the three. Trust, product transparency, and support. Know what I didn't say? Price. Price just needs to be in the ballpark. You're not going to build or lose an empire if you buy 25 cents higher. If you fixed every other business problem you have, then sure, let's tackle that one next. But you're not postponing retirement or missing payroll if you're paying 8% more in Northern California. You know, I'm usually not a both sides of the aisle guy. I, I argue both sides, but that's because you need to in order to find out which side's better. So I'll do that, then pick a side, and until new facts persuade me otherwise, I stick with it. I'll, I'll give you a quick example on what it takes to change my mind and how I think this story is applicable to the conversation we're having here. For, for 15 years, I, I never wanted a third party helping me do verifications or criminal records work. I always wanted to control that team inside of our four walls, hiring, training, coaching, managing that team 20 feet from my desk. We did it well and never seriously considered making a change. Then I became a business advisor and quickly went from working with just one company to working with dozens of companies. I quickly saw, and this is not ego, I promise you, I quickly saw what my team was able to accomplish in terms of quality, accuracy, cost control, efficiency. That's the exception rather than the norm. So in the face of new facts and observations, I changed my mind. I quickly began advising clients that maybe spending all your time, energy, and focus on recruiting, hiring, training, and retaining a revolving door of $15 to $25 an hour employees, there's just a ceiling on how well that can be done Namely, because success is usually just slowing down that revolving door of turnover or squeezing a little more performance out of the existing team. My, my point in telling you that story is think back a couple minutes ago when I said, hey, if you used Innovative and SecureTech and then Aperis and now you're thinking, what about Equifax? And, and my thoughts are, and they still remain, just go solve your business problems and worry about the things outside of your control later. Things like, will my vendor use my client list against me? Or my, my biggest competitor also uses that vendor partner, so I can't use them. I need to use someone else, even though I don't want to. Don't get sidetracked on things that aren't immediately in front of you as a business leader. As long as I have those things, trust, product transparency, support, if I have that with my partners, I think I'm set. But man, this one feels different. And, and this is why I furiously wrote this podcast yesterday and today. I'm not saying that I feel different. I currently have no recommendation yet for my clients who have asked me on this. I don't know enough yet. But but this one, this one has some legs. And, and I mean that in a way that's, that's longer lasting and more impactful to our business. And, and even compared to a first advantage going public, like what did that mean to you? Did the sun rise in the east and did you still put your pants on the same way? Probably. It might not have meant much to you. Sterling and Hyrite filed paperwork. What does that mean? Maybe it means the same thing. Maybe it doesn't. But... 
This is a behemoth of a company, Equifax, buying one of the biggest suppliers in our industry. And this is a company making moves to control the supply chain, the supply chain of data. Will CRAs apply my framework? If the trust, product transparency, and support is there, then there's no problem. Will shops leave because they don't like how Equifax raises prices through their work number product or their contract terms and their audit procedures? Will shops just say, I'm going to go somewhere else? So I I think this one's different because this is going to touch all of us. And that's why I'm so intellectually curious to watch the landscape. Is this going to be awesome for Equifax? Yeah, I think it is. They get a lot of solutions to sell they previously didn't have themselves. Is this going to be awesome for a CRA, a one-stop shop to buy data? Maybe. A one-stop shop that consolidates and raises prices? I, I don't know. And and I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much stock in anyone or anything who right now says they have absolute conviction one way or the other on how this is going to shake out. So I, I guarantee conversations are happening inside shops about whether to stay or whether they go. And I'm fascinated to see what decisions are made. Man, it's going to be fun to watch. By the way, Nick Fishman, and I, Nick Fishman, Jason Morris, and I are doing a webinar September 1st where we discuss this deal and the M&A landscape, recent IPO filings, private equity and venture capital flooding our market. We're going to talk about all this and much more in much more detail. So be on the lookout for an announcement or drop me a line on LinkedIn if you want to sign up. I'm Kevin Bachman. Thanks for listening to this episode of Background Check Radio. Have a great day.